This is Chroma Radio, episode 15. You're tuned in to Chroma Radio, a personal and professional development podcast for the dynamic young woman. I'm your host, Denise Henry, and while we're together, we're going to cut out all of the gatekeeping that surrounds professional development education for women of color in the early career stages. We'll explore the impact of intentional self-work and figure out what it takes to live a balanced life by defining who we are outside of our careers and other typical achievements. I'll expose you to the important lessons I'm learning on my own development journey, and also to some of the women making it happen out there for real, aka the experts. At the end of the day, we'll be doing this together. So let's dive in. Hey friends, today I think we need to have a much needed discussion about self-care. It's a term that we hear thrown around often that usually alludes to some variation of face mask, glass of Pinot, massage combination, a lot of the more surface level things that have to deal with the exterior. And trust me, I think that's important. Don't get me wrong. I love a good beauty treatment, nails, facials, massages. Those are all my jam. And I always make sure that I prioritize those things, but These aren't things that we can do every single day, and so we can't always count on them to fix our more deeply rooted issues. Sometimes, all these things can be are just a bandage covering for our much deeper wounds. As we get older and busier, speaking from my own perspective, it becomes very easy to just take the back seat and go into autopilot mode, where you're just doing things that you have to do for the sake of getting them done. When I feel like this, it's usually because I have a lot going on at work or a few years back, I had a lot going on at school, whether it was deadlines, projects, other responsibilities. And in those moments, I just wake up, complete the task, spend a few hours on the phone, go back to bed and just repeat the cycle. But I think that having a solid self-care routine to me is a great way to break up some of that monotony and that robotic way of living. It's just the perfect way to check in with yourself to figure out what you truly need to operate at the highest level. Whether that's a change in your diet, maybe you need more rest and not just sleep, rest. Having this routine allows you to take a step back and fill in those gaps that your well-being requires. So every time I feel burnt out, like I'm running on E or just in autopilot mode, I know that it's because I'm not making enough time for self-care. When I'm in a routine, I'm exercising, resting, reading, getting my nutrients. I feel like I have so much more to give. And obviously, like everything else that I discuss on this show, It's a journey and making time for these things daily does take time and it does take effort, but taking care of ourselves in a way that is meaningful allows us to give more to the people around us and our projects and those other tasks that need our attention, but also give to ourselves. So just some general self-care tips. Let's discuss some of the ways that we can practice self-care on the larger, more general level before getting super granular and specific. So the first thing I'd say, which is becoming super clear to me now with everything that I do, especially with this content creation business and trying to build a brand, is to keep it simple. Don't try to implement 2,000 things at once just because you see someone else doing it and it works for them. Primarily because we don't always see the full picture or know 
what doing all of those things requires of that one person. And also, I think this is super critical because we get sold this vision of waking up at 4, exercising at 4.15, doing yoga for 60 minutes at 5, taking a cold shower, drinking a gallon of water, and then saving the world before work starts at 9. Trying to fit a bunch of things into a day all at once like that, especially when you haven't yet solidified a routine, makes self-care or your morning in general just feel super overwhelming and burdensome. I'd say don't do things that don't make you feel good. And trust me, that's not a cop out. I know it's counterintuitive. It's potentially something that I may change my mind on. But for right now, my focus is on doing what feels good. If you do something and you hate it each time, why would you continue to show up for it? Unless you're at that point where you've where you've built that much resilience and you've built that much grit, I'd say it doesn't matter what works for other people. It only matters what works for you. So if you can give yourself the room to try new things, but also be understanding if you don't find them super fulfilling, don't feel the pressure to stick to it. It just overcomplicates the whole process, especially in the beginning stages where you're trying to build up a habit. For example, morning routines. If my morning calls me to journal, I'll do that. If it calls me to read, I'll do that. I will do whatever my mind calls me to do because I'm just so proud of myself for the fact that I was able to wake up early in the morning and do something that I find to be productive or fulfilling. And I think setting these kinds of wellness and self-care goals, they all become a bit easier when we learn to keep them more general and to keep them more fluid. So a self-care goal can be to do one activity that allows you to spend uninterrupted time with yourself for 60 minutes every morning. Or maybe you don't even set a time frame. Either way, this gives you way more wiggle room than saying, oh, I have to read 60 minutes every morning or I have to meditate for 20 minutes every morning. Because if you change your mind and then you decide that that specific activity isn't what you want to do, then you won't feel bad. It's that simple. My next tip is to set it and forget it. So choose a time each day that you'll commit to your designated self-care activity, regardless of when it is. Morning, evening, it's totally up to you. What does matter is that you block off time that is for you and you alone and you stick with it. The more you commit to showing up at this time, the easier it is for you to form a habit. So this is something that I'm working on now. I'm starting by setting an hour for myself to unplug and eat lunch without checking my emails. That's during my workday. I block it off on my calendar and I only miss it if there's an emergency and I absolutely have to get something done. I'd like to get back to the place where I have a super solid morning routine. That's also something that I'm working on right now. When I feel like I'm at my best, it's when I'm getting up, I'm praying and reflecting, I'm working on my task for chroma, I do a bit of exercise, and after doing that, I feel super refreshed and full of energy. So the ways that I'm trying to integrate that now, getting back into those routines is kind of similar to what I said. I'll get up, I'll pray a bit, I'll reflect. Sometimes I journal, sometimes I don't, depends on how I feel. I do a bit of Pilates, and then I'll do a task or two for a chroma. It makes it a lot easier to commit, I find, when you establish this repetitive course of action, something that you know you have to follow through on. Now I wanna get into self-care for the mind. I think it's so important that we as women, especially after college, find a way to continue learning new things. One trait that the women that I admire all have in common is their brilliance. They either have 
expert level knowledge in a specific area where they're very worldly, very cultured, or highly educated. I think the best way to accomplish this is through the content that we consume. So some examples, try reading a new book, listening to a podcast, learning a new skill. The internet is a great way to accomplish all of this. So you can try sites like Skillshare or LinkedIn Learning. You can try sites like Highbrow, which send five minute mini courses to your inbox that you can read each day. You can type in certain keywords on your podcast app of choice and whatever topic that you're interested in and see what pops up. If you get easily distracted when you read print books, try switching to audio. I love listening to audiobooks while I'm commuting in the shower, working out before bed. It's a more passive way of retaining valuable information. And also I find that the information can feel a bit more profound when it's coming directly from the author's mouth or the narrator's mouth. It's a lot easier to remember things when you really resonate with a person. Anything that you could possibly want to learn exists out there somewhere, whether it's in a book, a podcast, in some medium, all you have to do is find it. And there is a lot of time for us to engage with this material and learn new things. I think one of the easiest ways that you can make more time for this is by taking a pause from social media. If you create content, step one is to take a pause on that content creation. Step two is to pause on the apps altogether by deleting them from your phone and you can decide for however long. I think this applies whether you create content or not. I think there's so much that we can learn from life just by taking a break from the endless scrolling on our apps. It's honestly kind of becoming strange to me how we spend so much time consuming the opinions and intimate moments of the lives of other people without questioning it. It's also interesting to me that this is a completely optional activity. We don't have to participate, but we feel so much FOMO when we don't know what's happening to other people who we may not even speak to or even know personally every five seconds of their day. I personally want to get to a place where I can literally not check any app for a day and then build up from there. I'm not there yet, but one day I will have the strength to do that. Now let's talk self-care for the body. I think one great thing that we can do daily is to practice stretching. We don't realize how much stress and trauma gets stored in the body and things like stretching, massage, those help to detox our bodies. We think of these things, I'm talking yoga classes and massages as a luxury and to a degree they are but they can honestly change your life. And you don't even really need to go to a professional to engage in things like yoga. There are tons of resources online for free. But on the same vein, I recommend heading to the gym or finding a fitness class that you enjoy. And this goes back to what I said before about not doing things that you don't like on a deep level. If the struggle is not worth it to you, you're not gonna show up for that thing and you're not going to see results. When you think about it, your body doesn't care whether you're on a 30-minute walk or a 10-minute run. At the end of the day, it's just calories in and calories out. So why suffer through something that you hate? Another thing to try is treating yourself to a spa day. Whether it's at home or professionally done, never underestimate the power of rejuvenation. Though these things are more surface level, we can't deny the confidence boost that comes from a freshly done mani-pedi or a fresh facial. Those external things also do translate to the way that we feel inside. Lastly, let's talk self-care for the soul. My first activity that I'd recommend is brain dumping and journaling. 
If you're feeling agitated but don't know why or maybe you're feeling bothered by one specific thing, I highly, highly recommend journaling and more specifically brain dumping. So brain dumping requires you to write down every single thing that's on your mind in a stream of consciousness. That means that exactly how you formulate the words in your mind are how they'll go on the page. I personally love this practice because it's so free of judgment and it really allows you to take a deeper look at what's going on in your world and get to the root of your issues. There are no expectations when you brain dump and it's a very private practice that allows you to showcase your feelings to yourself without the worry of what someone else might think and that allows you to come to solutions much faster I find. So this is something that I do a lot when I'm feeling anxious or when I have a lot on my mind. Next another journaling practice or something that you can do mentally doesn't really require a journal is to practice gratitude and I don't mean the standard today I'm thankful for practice where you write one sentence and move on with your day even though that's a great place to start a good gratitude practice whether it's written or just done through self-reflection requires you to dig deep so you start with one thing that you're grateful for say it's your mom then you ask yourself why you're so grateful for your mom maybe she calls to check in on you once a day and that means a lot to you why does that mean a lot to you because it makes you feel loved and cared for why are those feelings important They remind you of your value and that you have a place in this world. Do you get where I'm going with this? A good gratitude practice requires you to go beyond the surface level to truly reveal why you are truly thankful for those things that exist in your life. And when you do this often, it makes it easier for you to realize all of the abundance that surrounds you, how much you actually do have in your life to be thankful for, rather than getting caught up in all of the things that you don't have that you do want or maybe just think you want you'll be way more appreciative of the beauty that surrounds you this way. I genuinely feel that people who choose to stay in a negative state of mind will continue to have negative experiences. And I don't think that's woo-woo logic. The more you remain in that headspace, actually think about it, the more difficult it becomes for you to see opportunity as it approaches you. Because now you're in this space of, why do I deserve it? What's the catch? Or simply lacking the desire to explore that new avenue because of how good you feel in your comfort zone of doubt and questioning everything. Getting into a space of gratitude, on the other hand, allows you to open yourself up to the next opportunity. Another resource or thing I'd recommend is reading a fictional story. This one is completely different and probably sounds unrelated, but it's something that I realize I need to implement into my reading habit. The other day I read Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed and I literally could not put it down. And that was so interesting to me because I usually read a lot of self-help or nonfiction books. And while the information is super valuable, it's kind of difficult for me to stay focused and get through the book in a timely manner. That causes me to think I'm a slow reader and all these other negative things. And it just kind of creates this thought spiral that I don't like. But I don't think that says anything about who I am. And again, this goes back to the theme of finding the things that you genuinely enjoy and sticking to them. I realized after reflecting that the best way for me to consume most nonfiction and self-help content is through audio with a pen and paper, some form of note-taking. It's much more engaging for me to listen that way, whereas fiction books really play to the imagination and as someone who feels like they have an overactive imagination or who daydreams a lot, 
This is perfect. It's so easy for me to get lost in a fiction book, whereas when I read nonfiction, I I still get lost, but not in the pages, if you know what I mean. Find the thing that caters to you and your interests the most. Next tip is to listen to affirmations. This one is pretty self-explanatory. I personally love Affirmations Pod by Josie Ong. I know I mentioned it before. It's a great way to start your morning while you're prepping your breakfast and just helps you to begin your day on a positive note. Another option that you have is to simply create your own affirmations based on the direction that you visualize your life going in. It's important to affirm yourself from a place of desire rather than from need. So you have to affirm yourself from a place of believing that you're walking into your blessing and it's just a matter of time. So having these mantras or these words that you can internalize from a place of accepting what you already are or know you can be rather than coming from a place of lack and what you wish you could be can be a really beautiful and freeing thing. Even more so when you see what you've been visualizing and working towards start to materialize. Last tip, which kind of goes against everything that I say, but it still has its purpose, is to allow yourself to just binge watch a show. This can be one that makes you laugh, like Schitt's Creek, something that piques your interest, like a documentary or a docu-series. I really like biopics, personally, or just a good show. One thing that I'm realizing is that it's super freeing to just allow yourself to just be passive and not do anything. For example, this past Memorial Day weekend, I just sat on my couch with a pillow and a blanket And I just turned on Startup, the show on Netflix, and I just sat there. No sense of urgency, nothing. The few times that I did try to get myself to move to do something more productive, like prepare for my podcast recordings or strategize for social media, my body literally rejected it. And I think that's a telltale sign that you're doing absolutely too much. For me personally, I work in big tech as a marketer. My company is super fast paced. So you have your core role and then you can have a side project you can belong to an employee resource group and have additional responsibilities there you can get very busy very quickly is what I'm saying and I think that I sometimes forget to account for that when I'm thinking of all the things that I'm involved in or when I'm thinking of the full picture of my life it can be really easy for me to get down on myself for wanting to take a step back and rest but I'm not looking at the whole picture recently I've been calling myself a grandma because on the weekends I kind of just want to rest and recharge and think of ways to put my content for it and I joke and I tell my friends like listen by 9 p.m you know where I'm at you know it's time for bed obviously I'm joking but the pressure does add up and I think it's nice to have time to just do nothing with no expectations so find your show or whatever your outlet is maybe it's YouTube maybe it's a book as we were talking about before and just indulge every once in a while without feeling guilty not everything has to have a a productive end result. Sometimes you can just do things for the sake of enjoying them. So that's all for today, friends. The bottom line of this episode is to prioritize choosing what feels good for you. Make it a priority to create the self-care practices that nurture these three major parts of you, your mind, body, and soul in a way that you need and not what someone else tells you to do or what you see your favorite influencer doing. Find what works for you because you'll be the only one reaping the results of it. The thing that calms your nerves, the thing that makes you feel aligned and strong, that's the thing for you. Give yourself the grace and the space that you need to experiment and try new things without feeling frustrated. 